It's still NFL draft season here at Locked On Boston College, and we're joined by Mitch Wolf, who's going to talk to us all about Boston College players in the draft, give us some updates, and we're going to dive into some topics to deal with the draft. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you had a great Easter for all of you out there that were celebrating. Uh, it was a great weekend for myself, but I'm here with Mitch. We're talking NFL draft stuff today. Mitch, how's it going? I'm doing all right. You know, in spite of the fact that you threw Reese's eggs in the trash in terms of Easter candy in a tweet earlier today. So I'm dealing with that betrayal, but I guess I'll get through it. Well, I got ripped by Christian Mahogany earlier last week when I said that I what was my favorite, my food take that people would hate me for is that I don't like peanut butter and anything for dessert. So, okay. Well, I mean, if you're just anti peanut butter, then that's, that's, you know, that's an excusable, but peanut butter sandwiches for me, peanut butter toast. And that's about all I can do with peanut butter. All right. Fair enough. So I'm all, I am all on board with Cadbury mini eggs and I can't buy them because if I buy a bag, I will eat the entire thing in mm-hmm. like a day or two. And that's not what I should be doing. So, yeah, um, but they're, they're, they're my favorite. So we're, we're now about <coughs> excuse me, 10 days away from the NFL draft. And Mitch, what, what are some things that have been popping up that you wanted to talk about today? So I think the one, you know, we'll kind of stick with Zion Johnson for now. Um, looking at the betting odds, he's actually one of the few uh non-skill position players that has one of the over-unders uh, in terms of draft position. So uh, I believe bet online the last we checked, it had his draft position at over under 27 and a half. And you sent it to me and I have, I have put some money on the under of that because I, and the over-unders for draft positions are always a little weird because it's like, well, does that mean it's before or after? So it's a little hard to understand, but you know, if it's under, that means the number that he's picked is lower. So, you know, he'll have to go before 27 or 24, 28, if you will. And I think that's a really solid bet just be because of the teams that are in that range. So in terms of where he could go, you know, I, I'm not sure the Eagles are really a fit anymore because since they traded one of their first round picks away, they don't have a third, a third first rounder, which is kind of a luxury, but I could see uh, the Patriots are really the first team that I think uh, could lean towards taking him. Uh, after that, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Bills, the Titans, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are all right in a row teams that would be very interested in Zion because they have a definitive need at guard. And they're all playoff teams, so they don't have tons of pressing needs. So, you know, getting a guy that could solidify their offensive line immediately, excuse me, would be interesting to them. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. I saw that line on betonline.ag about uh, the 27 and a half. And I, I think I was the one that sent it to Mitch that I was like, oh, that seems like for me. I'm kind of on board with that one. I think that's a good bet because you mentioned some of those teams and, and the, the buzz around certain teams seems to be growing and, you know, drafts draft talk can change from week to week, but I just saw an article where it says the Cowboys are honing in on him at 24. You know, I've seen the Patriots as a really strong option for him. So I, I, I love throwing a little side bets, um, you know, and bet online has some great ones, but, 
I, I thought the Zion one seemed really easy. Uh, now, Mitch, I wanted to ask your thoughts on Tyler Vrabel now. Now, Vrabel is someone who is either going to be a seventh round draft pick or an undrafted free agent, but he's been taking some visits. I saw he visited New England. You know, what are your thoughts on Vrabel at this point? And has he, is there a possibility he works himself into the draft or is it uh, this just kind of, you know, running its course kind of, you know, typical things for even undrafted free agents. So top the they're known as top 30 visits or with the Patriots kids, it's a local visit because he's obviously in their neck of the woods. Um, but those visits are always a little weird because you'll see obviously like the guys that are very obvious first round picks get a ton of them, but then you'll see some kind of random guys that are going towards the end that, you know, are kind of on that fringe. Cause you know, teams want to get to know them, get some more information, you maybe check out some medical stuff. And my draft opinion on Tyler Vrabel really hasn't changed since he declared for the draft and that I was very surprised that he declared early at all because I thought he was coming off probably his worst season as a starter, to be honest. Uh, and part of that was due to injury, honestly. So, you know, that's a bit of a caveat, but still, you know, he's had some struggles with injury throughout his career. So you would think you'd want to come back for an extra year and say, all right, you know, ideally I can stay healthy and, you know, put in a good season of film and, you know, get drafted this year, which he didn't do that. So very surprising, but I think Vrabel has a lot of the necessary physical tools to be a solid NFL player. You know, I probably is like a backup lineman that can play guard or tackle, but I think that most teams will find that the developmental road for him is going to be too long for them to spend a draft pick on. And granted seventh round picks are major flyers. So you could see teams kind of just, especially teams that have multiple of them, just kind of throw them around and do whatever they want. So if he gets drafted in the seventh, I'll be surprised, but I, I wouldn't say I'd be completely shocked or anything like that. What did you think of his comments that he said? I, I forget what press conference it might've been at BC where he said, I've done everything I needed to do in college. Something on the lines of that. Did you hear him say that? I think that was at the pro day. If I believe, I believe, yeah. I think that was when he said that. And uh, I, I just disagree, but you know, <laughs> I, I thought that there was a lot he could have done to improve his stock by staying around in school and, you know, they'd gone through a good amount of, you know, coaching changes in terms of scheme and everything. So maybe he was just kind of like, you know, I don't really mesh with this now, which he could have transferred, which would have made more sense. Um, and obviously, like, I, I, you know, there are, are probably there could be things at play that, you know, we just don't know about. So I don't want to you know discourage yeah. anything. But it's not like his family is like he's not, like a lot of guys will declare early and it's kind of surprising. But maybe it's because like their family, like they just they need to get the NFL so they can make the money. And. That's not really the case. You know, Mike Vrabel played in the NFL for a long time. He's currently an NFL head coach. So the family ostensibly should be doing fine from a financial perspective. Um, that's kind of one of the reasons you see a lot for that, for guys declaring early. Um, and again, with Vrabel, like you would expect him to be getting the best advice from a draft perspective that any player could get. So, you know, I have, you know, it could just be like, you know, we're just going to do this our way and I'm just going to do it. I'm kind of tired of beating college. Just want to get to the pros and, get it over with. So I don't know. It's still surprising to me. I can't really explain it uh, logically, but it's happening whether we like it or not. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was really interesting when he said that. Cause I was like, Ooh, for a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy for two years that, I mean, at times, and it could have been because of injuries did not look like he was playing at his full potential mm -hmm. to say that it just seemed weird, but you know, you can flip the, you can flip it or reverse it and say like, okay, if he has the, the skills just to make it up there, you know, if he can, he can prove it there and, and stop risking getting hurt for free, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that's another way of looking at it. Um, so Mitch, 
So talking about the, the draft picks, are there any other names that have been popping up? So one that I just wrote up was Ben Petrula, who I actually got some advice from a friend of mine who I've done scouting work with before Daniel kitchen, who uh, writes for Steelers Depot. Uh, and I sent some film over to him and we kind of talked about, it and he's like, you know, he honestly was a very pleasant surprise for me. So he actually just wrote him up for SteelersDepot.com and had a much even bigger, uh, longer scouting report than I even put up that has, you know, some film clips and everything. D- Daniel's a really great, uh, has a really great eye for this stuff, especially offensive linemen. So uh, you could go read his report, but we both liked Petrula as like a guard in the, at the NFL level, just because he has such great power and um, he just, he's very technically sound, uh, but he's just not like the best athlete in space. So he could be like an NFL starter at guard for a while in the right scheme and a very like man gap power, heavy running scheme uh, that does a lot of play action passing. So kind of like the Titans or um, Titans or Patriots would be another one, uh, but he, whereas future is probably a guard, but you know, if you need him in a pinch to play tackle, he might be able to survive um, in terms of the other guys, you know, I watched him with Trey Barry and unfortunately he is another guy where the injuries just really hurt his ability to play a lot this year. But, you know, when he's on the field, he's solid. You know, I, the issue was his athletic testing at the, at uh, the pro day was very much not good, uh, especially for a guy that, you know, is transferring up from the FCS level and only played one year at the FBS level where he was, where he wasn't like, a uh, you know, a step behind anybody from an athleticism perspective or anything like that. You just hope that a guy like that, you know, comes in and blows up the, blows up his pro day, which he really didn't do. Uh, other guys, you know, I still think Brandon Sebastian has a decent chance of getting drafted. His pro day numbers weren't fantastic, but you know, he had a really good uh, GPS speed at the uh, shrine shrine game. And he's played a ton of football and he's been very consistent throughout his career. So I think some teams could like him as well. Uh, IGM, I, I, you know, there's been some decent buzz about him apparently. So, you know, maybe he, plays himself again drafted. Um, but any other names that were on the team this past year that are in the draft, I'd be quite surprised if they heard their names called even on day three of the draft. All right. In a moment, Mitch and I, I have a question about Trey Barry for Mitch in a moment, especially he just mentioned his testing. I want to ask his thoughts on that. But before we get to that, this is the time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. And I'm getting myself ready for the beach. I need to figure out how to get myself looking good, and I do it by eating Built Bars. Now, have you tried the Puffs? I've been talking about the Puffs for months now. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bars' best-tasting bars. The Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% chocolate. They have some great flavors, too. The cinnamon churro is one of my favorites. you got to check that one out. But they also have the coconut marshmallow banana cream pie. They're so good. They're going to be your new favorite. They're low-calorie, high-protein. They're going to replace your candy bars with these. They're better, and they are good for you. With 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. How are you going to beat that? You just can't. you got to check out Bill Bar. They have great flavors for the regular bars, too, including mint ch- uh, brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and all sorts of specialty flavors that you got to do check out by going to built.com. So go to built.com right now and use promo code lock 15. You're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. This is locked on Boston college. AJ black here. I'm joined as always on Mondays with Mitch Wolf. And next Monday, we're going to have a special guest that I'm going to just tease out. 
you're going to want to hear that. I think Mitch is going to be there for it, but I definitely will be hosting it. Um, I'm not going to tell you who it is until it's, it's confirmed, but this is an episode you're not going to want to miss. We've had Zay Flowers last week. We're going to have another big name. It's an active football player. You're going to not want to miss this one. So Mitch, we're talking about some of those fringier players. And one of the things that popped up was you share the RA. Is it called RAS or RAS scores? So I call it RAS. Some people call it Ross or RAS. Uh, I just call it RAS, uh, Relative Athletic Score from Kent Lee Platt uh, at MathBomb on Twitter, who does a ton of great work putting all these numbers into his database and then has a formula where it spits out a composite uh, athletic score for kind of all the drills and everything and based on size. Okay, so you, you've shared some of these on your posts, your scouting reports. You had one for Alec Lindstrom, Zion Johnson. And then you shared one for Trey Berry and, you know, it looks like it's a scale of zero to 10, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, Zion was way up there. Alec Lindstrom had a solid score. And then tell me about Trey Berry's score. Yeah. So you can think of this kind of like in terms of percentiles. So, you know, when, if you think about like when kids are, they go to like pediatrician, they're like, oh, they're in this percentile for weight, this percentile for height. That's kind of what a relative athletic score does. So like you said, on a scale of one to 10, Trey Berry's relative athletic score is 0.95, not 9.5, 0.95, so less than one. And if you look at all of his numbers, the, 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 sorry, the card like puts the numbers in terms of how well they grade in terms of like colors. So if it's very good, it's green. If it's in the middle, it's yellow. If it's bad, it's red. Every single one of Trey Berry's drills came in as red. They're all, the best one he did was his three cone at 7.33 three seconds, which was a, uh, the percentile that comes out is 3.79. And that was his best by far. Um, his, all of his 40 yard dash numbers, his 40 was a 5.16, which is very bad. Uh, his vertical jump was only 25 and a half inches. Um, and basically, so for that relative athletic score of 0.95, if you compare that to every other tight end that's in this database, which is every tight end that has these numbers from 1987 to 2022, he ranks 919th out of 1,014 tight ends. So he is in the bottom first percentile of athletics, athleticism among tight ends. And, you know, you could obviously point to guys, there are some players that have kind of overcome bad athleticism. You know, everybody always points to the Tom Brady video of him at the combine where he just looks gangly and very unathletic. But the thing with this is like, there are, those outliers are few and far between for a reason. And when you have guys that are, like historic outliers like Trey Barry is from an athleticism standpoint in terms of testing. That's just awful for your draft, uh, your draft stock, your draft process. So I think that, you know, Barry could get a shot as a UDFA just because he does have a really good size profile. He has good receiving ability, especially in the red zone where he can use his size as a matchup weapon. But these athletic testing numbers are, it, they're bordering on, if not already a non-starter for an NFL player. Wow. So like, it's just so interesting because watching Barry, when he was healthy, like, it's, like, you know, the, the vertical jump is the first thing I think of was the first um, introduction we had to Trey Barry was that leaping touchdown where he, he launched himself over a defender. And I mean, he looked like he got over 25 inches on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mean, and you know, obviously that's, those things are a little different, but yeah, I mean, and the thing when you, when I was looked at Trey Barry last year before this, I was like, okay, this guy's like a pretty good athlete, you know? So on film, it looks better, which is very weird where you have a guy where you watch him and athleticism is not a concern, but then his testing numbers, it is, that's pretty strange. Uh, so, you know, maybe he was just 
wearing like the wrong size shoes on the pro day or something, you know, I don't know, like all the times are just off, but you know, based on the numbers we have, uh, they're just really bad. You know, and maybe, maybe there was some kind of mistake or, um, he was like sick that day or was still dealing with an injury. So I don't know, but with the numbers we have, and, uh, it's just not good for him. Unfortunately, yeah, I was going to say 5.16. I mean, most, I mean, what did Zion Johnson run? Uh, I think he ran faster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me pull it up. I think it, no, actually it was like 5.18. So, you know, essentially the same times, which, uh, I'm going to try to see if I can pull up Zion's in time. Cause I know his was quite good. Uh, I think it was, it was definitely, it was definitely above a nine. Um, and Lindstrom's was a little lower because when you're a player who's smaller and lighter, you know, you don't get as much of a bump from performing well athletically. Um, I think I know he was, here we go. So his, his RA Zion Johnson's RAS is a 9.75. So, and everything except for his height and weight is green. His height is in red because he's only six, two and a half and he's 314 pounds. And that's just because there are so many guards that are huge, especially in years past. But yeah, I mean, I think, let's see, let's compare these. Oh, it's, did I lose it? Nope. Here we go. Uh, yeah. His 40 yard was just a touch slower. Uh, his 10 yard split was actually faster. So Zion's 10 yard split, the first 10 yards of the 40 was 1.74 seconds and Barry's was 1.78. Wow. Uh, let's see his Zion's short shuttle was faster. His three cone was slightly slower. Uh, he jumped Zion Johnson jumped 32 inches and Barry jumped 25 and a half in the broad Ooh. jump. Johnson jumped nine feet and four inches, whereas Barry only jumped nine feet flat. So, you know, if, you're getting out athleted by a, you know, relatively short squat offensive guard. That's a problem for a tight end. Yeah. So that's, that's not good news for Trey Barry. Uh, before we get into our final little uh, discussion, any other notes that you wanted for uh, draft stuff? Uh, no, I don't think so. You know, I think what we'll do, uh, you know, we'll talk about this, but I imagine that we'll probably be back on Friday. We'll discuss wherever Zion ends up uh, on next week's Friday episode. Once yep. we know where he actually gets drafted. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. We'll have full draft coverage on BC Bulletin about, you know, where all these guys end up. But we, as we've made our new tradition here on Locked on Boston College, it's our Coach Goog's Tweet of the Week. And I have to preface this with a little note. If you don't follow us on Locked on BC on Twitter, you missed it. Um, I got bored. My son's been sick for like a week with some viral cold. And he was just watching one of his movies. And I was just bored so i went through coach googs's twitter feed and found every single uh, <laughs> big dog reference from the since he took over in the beginning of january and i took out the football players because he says big dogs about jeff Halfley and you know mahogany and all those guys over and over again and so if you go to locked on bc you could find his running running list and there's like 30 names on there of just random things that he's thought of as big dogs but what i'm picking for my um, big dog of the week was the reason why I created that list was I tweeted this one to our uh, text this one to Mitch last week and said, Oh my gosh, this is like the big dog tweet of all time. And it, it was, it was the ultimate. So we've had like the Virgin Mary. We've had like memes that he thinks are, are the big dogs. We've had pasta. We've had Frankie Valley and El- Elvis. Nothing beats a USB. <laughs> A USB cord. <laughs> so, so Coach Googs tweets, Universal Serial Bus? Really? Just found that out. Now that I find out that there are eight different types of USB, what are we doing? 
clearly the USB is the hashtag big dog of connectors for communications and power supply. If knowledge is power, so too is the USB. And then he has a, a picture from Learn Computer that says types of cables in USB. I, I don't know how anything's going to top this one, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really unfair. I, I, I There was a funny moment where after uh, Jerry York retired, you texted me. was like, wait, has he not called Jerry York a big dog? And I said, no, no, like, no, no, he has multiple times. So we had at least dodged a bullet there. Um, and yeah, like I would feel honestly like disingenuous trying to um, to put up a competitor to him calling USBs a big dog. So I don't I don't think there's he's posing some good ones. Um he, po- he posted one where he's responding to some guy cutting prosciutto the wrong way. Uh, there's one where he posts, repo- he uh, responded to a video of a guy dressed up as the Easter Bunny just beating the crap out of somebody in the streets. And I, th- I think by he implicitly called the Easter Bunny a big dog. But since we don't have it officially on the record, we can't truly say that the Easter Bunny is a big dog. So we'll have to wait for further confirmation on that one. All right. So do you have, did you have a pick or are you going to just. No, I, the USB takes it. It's you really it, like he, he said it all. Like you can't beat it. <laughs> and I got to say credits to coach Googs because you tweet with this stuff and he responds to everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you tag him, he'll respond to you. And like I tweeted and, and put it up there and he, and he said something on the lines of, yep, they're all big dogs. And I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's the point we know. Yeah. I, I, I found this video of, I think I'm assuming this is in Spain, but it's there's just a bunch of bulls like running in the street. And this one dude just gets trucked by a bull. And I quote tweeted it and said, I think we've got a hashtag big dog watch in effect here. And I added Googe and he responded with just as Vice Principal Vernon said in the Breakfast Club, you mess with the bull, you get the horns and a picture of uh, that guy from that movie, which was I was like, I'm just glad he's like you said, he's very online, which is great to see. Yep. So our hope is that he continues like if he as long as our offensive line looks good, he can tweet all this crap all he wants. And it's endless entertainment. If, if the offensive line struggles, I think this will start to get a little grading and we'll move away from the go. I wonder if he'll pull, like, remember, like there were times when like, if like Duke wasn't playing well, like coach K would say like, Oh, you guys like can't wear Duke stuff this week. I wonder if like, he'll say like, you know, our offensive line isn't playing like big dogs, like they're small cats or whatever's (laughs) like the inverse of big dog. So, you know, maybe that's like kind of the, this the stick to his carrot of being a big dog so maybe he'll throw that out if things go poorly and and i'm telling you as listeners out there on my to-do list is to get coach googs on this tw- on this podcast so i am i'm working on it don't worry about it we should say we should just clarify that he is not the guest on monday just so nobody we yeah, don't no, want no, anybody no. be disappointed because yeah no <laughs> no but it's it's related to that so yes we'll leave it at that so uh mitch any last thoughts or uh how do people find you on social media you can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Just uh, follow me there for uh, draft stuff and uh, just other musings about <laughs> the world we live in. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mitch. And in a moment, we're going to get into the weekend where uh, lacrosse lost, BC baseball got swept, including two walk-offs. And we'll get into all the other news and nuggets you're going to want to know. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends in action, including futures. There's some really good futures out there, and I cannot wait 
to find the Boston College over under for their win total next year. If it's at like six, hit me at that over if that's on Bet Online. So head on over to Bet Online where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. For all of you who have followed along on YouTube, I want to thank each and every one of you. If you're listening to this podcast, head over to YouTube.com and type into the search bar Locked On Boston College and hit subscribe. It'll take you five seconds, but it makes a huge difference in the reach of our podcast. So go over there. Do that right now. It, it's, it's a cheap, easy way for you to make a big difference and support our podcast. Now, over the weekend, it was a quiet weekend in BC Sports. There was a few uh, beat games in action. The softball won. They've been playing pretty well. That's great. They had some games against Pitt. Well, not going to really get into those, but baseball. Ooh, baseball. Baseball had a three-game series against NC State and got swept. And it wasn't just that they got swept. It was more that they got, let's say, walked off twice in two games. They got they they were in a lot of these games. They did really well, like holding their own against the Wolfpack. But they got walked off twice. One of them was on a throwing error, and I think the other one was on a walk. Now that's, I think, like five or six walk-off losses already for BC this year. Now, that's not saying like anything about the coaching staff or anything about the team in general, because, you know, close doesn't count unless it's hand grenades or horseshoes. But it was just tough losses all around. And now BC's three and fourteen, I believe, in conference. Not good. Not good at all. It's great that they're wiping the floor with the Northeast programs, but and they beat UConn, who's good. But you got to win your ACC games, or something's going to have to change here. So another bad loss, a terrible weekend for BC baseball, uh, as they got swept by the Wolfpack. Now women's lacrosse, they were battling this. This is going to be so interesting going into the playoffs in the ACC title for women's lacrosse. They lost as they headed to Duke. And lost to the women's uh, by one one goal over in Durham. They got to play face Syracuse next. I mean, this women's lacrosse team is good, and they're gonna. They're. I mean, you got Charlotte North out there, and, and Jen Majid. You're you're in every game, right? But that's now two losses, and the ACC is very very talented. So anything can happen, but we're gonna have to wait to see. I mean, you know, any you know they could lose early, they could win, but. Another loss, and that's two now in in the matter of weeks now for women's lacrosse. And for all of you recruiting heads waiting for recruiting news for BC football, it was a quiet weekend for the Eagles because it was Easter weekend, and it seems like either the coaching staff was you know giving the, their coaches the ability to go and do things with their family, which I know Jeff Halfley has always put prep, uh, an emphasis on, or they just realize it's Easter and the campus is dead because all the kids go home. Uh, but there was no one on campus. There's been recruits all over the country going on on visits, but BC was not um, in on that. It seems like they're much more interested in having those big weekends when they can do that. Um, hopefully they'll do that barbecue like they did last year. They'll do some big things coming up. Um, and we'll, we'll start to see some names because, you know, we had that one commitment last week with Reed Harris out of Montana. Um, but it's, it's quiet. And I think the transfer portal should probably percolate a little bit because Halfley says he's going to grab a, a player or two. So keep your eyes open because I think BC could be involved. Now on tomorrow's show, all the news that you're going to want to know about, right? We're going to get into the college hockey search a little bit more. We'll get into everything that you're going to want to know about 
in terms of the recruiting trail and everything um, with BC basketball and football. Make sure to check out Locked On Boston College wherever you get your podcasts. And give us a five-star review as well if you're listening to Apple on Apple iTunes or Google or on Spotify. Just, just give us a five-star if you really enjoy our podcast. Thank you all for listening. For Mitch and myself, we'll see you again soon. Take care.